our scripture this morning comes from the first letter of the Apostle Peter. This is Peter, the fisherman turned disciple, the rock upon which Christ said the church would be built. So theologians and archaeologists believe the letter was written somewhere around 62 or 63 in the common era Anno Domini. It was likely written from Rome during the reign of the Roman Emperor Nero. It's likely that Peter is writing this letter from prison when he was imprisoned by the Roman Empire and his imprisonment lasted nearly 20 years. And this is probably in the latter part of those 20 years. And it's important to know all of this history because Peter is writing about suffering while he is experiencing suffering himself. And he writes because he hopes to provide some encouragement to others who are suffering around the world in the communities where he hopes his letters are reaching. So hear now some of Peter's words from selected verses in the fourth and fifth chapters of Peter's first letter. Peter writes, Above all, let your love for one another be constant, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be mutually hospitable to one another without complaining. As generous distributors of God's manifold grace, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. The one who speaks should deliver God's message. The one who serves should do so with the strength provided by God, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, who has been given all glory and dominion throughout the ages. Beloved, do not be surprised that a trial by fire is occurring in your midst to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Rejoice instead, insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, so that when the glory of Jesus Christ is revealed, you will rejoice exceedingly. Humble yourselves before God's mighty power, that you may be exalted by God on the appointed day. Cast all of your cares on God who cares exceedingly for you. Discipline yourselves. Be watchful and keep alert. Stand up to the devil as one strong in faith, fortified with the knowledge that your sisters and brothers and siblings in God's family throughout the world share the same afflictions. But the God of all grace, who called you to eternal glory through Jesus Christ, will fulfill, restore, strengthen, and establish you after you have suffered for a little while. To God be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our brother in Christ, Peter, 
has some pretty straightforward instructions for us to follow. I actually don't think it needs much commentary at all, and the words are powerful enough to span time and space and culture. Let our love for one another be constant. Be mutually hospitable. Use the gifts that God has given us to serve one another. May these words guide us all day, every day, what we speak and how we act and the manner in which we live. Peter goes on in his letter to write about the trial by fire, the fiery ordeal that is taking place. For Peter, that ordeal would have been the persecution of the Roman Empire, his imprisonment and the persecution of the earliest Christians and their inability to live their lives according to the example that Jesus had set for them. I'm sure that many of us can imagine some other trials throughout history that have impacted others who were trying to live out their faith. I think that there are some who might suggest that this global pandemic that we are all, the whole world, the whole globe is experiencing is a little bit of a fiery ordeal. And yes, it certainly tests us. It tests how we worship and how we serve and how we practice our faith. But we also should use caution in the ways that we speak about persecution. Anyone with white skin should use caution around the topic of persecution. And I would argue those of us who follow Jesus should use caution when we talk about persecution. Yes, there are plenty of times and examples when people have been persecuted, religiously persecuted. But those of us who are living in 2020 in America may not know, especially those of us with white skin, may not know the type of persecution to which Peter is referring. We can't claim to grasp the kinds of suffering and persecution that many in the family of God around the world have had to face. So when we proclaim the good news that Jesus is a God of liberation, we might hear the message differently than those who have faced unconscionable oppression and persecution. Dr. Miguel de la Torre, one of my undergraduate religion professors, writes a great deal about the theology of liberation. He taught that the early church was not persecuted for what they believed, but for what they did because of their beliefs. What they did was that they preached and proclaimed a message of liberation to preach good news to the poor and freedom to the imprisoned and sight for the blind and liberation to the oppressed is to reject conformity with the prevailing power structures. Dr. De La Torre said living the gospel was, and I would argue still is, threatening. Liberation for the oppressed is a direct assault on the norms of subjugation that society has legitimized. We know that our world 
is broken. And the brokenness in our systems is often the very thing that furthers injustice and oppression. So how do we proclaim messages of liberation when we have not necessarily faced persecution? Perhaps this is where we go back to Peter's direct instructions. Be constant in loving one another. Show hospitality whenever and however we can. And use our gifts and our talents and our whole lives to serve one another. While we may not know persecution in a massive sense, I imagine that many of us have some understanding of suffering. We do suffer. And while it makes little sense to compare and to contrast our experience of suffering, there's a beautiful solidarity in knowing that we have each suffered in some way or another, and that we are not alone in our suffering. There are so many who say that they are able to recognize suffering in others after they have experienced suffering in some way themselves. I think that grief is a lot like that. For me personally, I know that I have found tremendous comfort from a friend and a colleague whose mother died after a long battle with cancer while she was serving in a position of church leadership. So Peter reminds us to be humble not to boast in our sufferings or the struggles we faced, but to cast our cares and our anxieties on God. I have found God many times in my friend and in many of the members of the Dead Parent Club, which none of us wanted to join, and all of us who mourn when our membership increases. When I think about casting my anxieties on God, I think of the ways that these friends have shown up for me and the ways in which God's care brought them to me. Their presence in my life is evidence of God's care for me. When we cast our cares on God, we have the opportunity to receive some of the abundant love and radical hospitality that God is desperate for us to have. When we cast our cares on God, God undoubtedly gives us what we need to face what lies ahead of us. When we cast our cares on God, we may also be used by God in practicing constant love and showing mutual hospitality and serving one another with our God-given gifts. And it may be that the love and the hospitality and the service that we offer is evidence of God's care to someone else. As people of power and privilege, it may also be that our love and our hospitality and our service are offered in God's name to bring healing and wholeness to some of the broken structures in our world and in our communities. When we use our God-given gifts to serve others, we may also use our privilege and our power in service of the oppressed and even in service of the persecuted. None of that is easy. It may be simply stated, but it's not easy to bring our cares to God. 
nor is it easy to let go of power and privilege or to use our power and our privilege to address the brokenness in many of the systems that are actually making us comfortable. It's not always easy to show love or to practice hospitality or to serve. It wasn't easy before there was a global pandemic, and it definitely is not easy now. But friends, we are not alone. We are in this together. And just because it's not easy doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. We're in this together, and we can do hard things. Because of God's excessive care, because of God's abundant love, and because of God's radical hospitality, we have the strength to love one another constantly. We have the strength to practice hospitality as radically as can be imagined and to serve one another using the gifts that God has given us. May we find comfort in bringing our cares to God and in knowing that God cares for us exceedingly. And may we find comfort in the ways that we practice Peter's instructions every single day of our lives. May this be so. Amen.